0: Personalization options and exclusive colors on the website, or you can a blank one on Amazon Prime. Alright, so you may ask yourself, what does fires and fishing have to do with each other? And the answer is absolutely nothing. They just happened to be two unusual and crazy things that happened last week during our setup and our move that I thought might make good podcast topics. And I also don't think that either of them really make a full podcast topic unless I really wanted to kind of go overboard on it, um, which I could. That's never really been a problem for me, but I figured I'd smush them together into one podcast, and that would be where we're at. So, to, fire, to, to start with, let's start with a fire. It wasn't technically a fire. I want to start off by saying that, at least as far as we're aware. It was Wednesday. I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday. We were getting towards the end of the day. I had been working in the engraving room, finishing setting up the ducting system for the engravers and I was working through there, and all day long, the team had been talking about how the room with the press in it smelled terrible. And I don't know, I mean, maybe I just don't have that good of a sense of smell. I smelled it. I walked in. I smelled it. I'm like, it smells kind of bad, but not. I wouldn't describe it as terrible. Like I wouldn't describe it as like a bad smell. It just smelled like it had a smell. But they all swore up and down that it was the worst that ever smelled. I think actually, M- Merrill went and hoarded air fresheners because of that. As the day went along, though, the smell did get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then finally, at about mm, 3.30 in the day, it got to the point where I'm like in there and going, it smells like burning marshmallows. And that was my first clue. Because anytime you think to yourself, that smells like burning anything, fill in the blank, it might be burning. So I go in and Evan's in there. And he's working on assembling something. He goes, I'm having a, I have a horrible headache from this. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a bad sign too. That means something's happening. So we start searching for what we think the source of the smell is. And we realize that it's coming from the room that we store the leather and its boxes in on the far kind of bottom edge of the, of the workshop. And I'm looking up, I'm thinking it's the lights, because unlike the fluorescents that were in the rest of the building, these fluorescents looked old, very, very old. And so I decided, I'm like, we'll just shut them off. Let's see if that helps. We shut them off. We walk out, you know, we, we leave there for a little bit. We kind of walk around. And then we come back in, and I see something. And I realize it's black. It looks like black tar dripping from the fixture. And I'm like, oh, okay, so yeah, that's definitely what that is. That's definitely that smell. And I'm like, we got we to gotta get out of here. So with the light off, the smell, it didn't get worse. It kind of stopped getting worse. And so I immediately get on the phone with my electrician friend and I say, okay, here's what we've got. I shoot him some photos of what was happening, of the fixtures, of the black stuff that's coming out of the fixtures, out of the kind of the tar substance as it's dripping. And he goes, okay, I think I know what that is. He goes, when was the building built? I was like, it's about 1960. He goes, okay, that's, that tracks. I think it's, I think it's, I, I may be butchering the way this pronounced. I think it's ascarel or Ascarol. Anyway, it's a PCB that was used as a liquid electrical insulator in the 60s in fixtures. And we kind of had talked a little further and what it came to pass, we realized that it was because the light probably, that light probably hadn't been on for the hours that we had had it on that day in decades. So, it's possible that the light, being well past its expected lifespan, and being run at full bore for hours and hours and hours, it had actually, there was probably an electrical short or something in it that had caused it to basically burn through the liquid insulation system. And from what was described to me is that the system actually was doing what it was supposed to do. Because rather than it lighting the place on fire, it just... Created that bad smell, and apparently that bad smell is actually part of the safety system, so that you identify that something's wrong. So I said to him, you know, is it dangerous? He goes, Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm like, Oh, that's great. So he said, As long as the light switch is off, there shouldn't be a power problem. You shouldn't be continuing to burn down the place. He goes, But the 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 PCB is a known carcinogen. I said, Well, aren't all my pizza people going to get cancer? He goes, Not really. Not said it's it's a known carcinogen after long exposure and usually you know you have to consume it in some way. And he did, I went and did some more research, and this is something that's a very well-known problem. PCBs were commonly used um, in a lot of applications back in, I mean, the 60s, the 70s, um, really before then even as well. They used to be dumped into groundwater, and they cause a lot of problems. Now, most humans that have PCB poisoning or, you know, the carcinogenic effects, uh, it's because they eat it. It's because they consume it in their food in their animals and the fish and all the things they eat over time. So, you know, he said that as long as you're wearing a face mask and as long, which we have very high quality masks. Um, so we had respirators and gloves and everything like that. As long as you, you encapsulate it and you, you know, you let the place air out so that the vapors dissipate and you don't turn the light back on until we get in there and replace it and you wipe it all up thoroughly, it shouldn't be a problem. So, um, because I didn't want to go back in there during while the vapors were so intense, we, I just sent everyone home. It was almost at the end of the day. Anyway, we just sent everyone home. I left. We had all the windows open, so we left all the windows open. Later that night, I returned, closed all the windows, and when I went back in there, the smell had mostly dissipated. By the morning, it was almost entirely gone. So we put on respirators, gloves, and we properly kind of got rid of everything, all of this, wiped it down, and now we're just waiting for the electrician to be able to come in and replace those fixtures with something that's not going to light the place on fire. So that was Wednesday. Then... Uh, Let's flash forward two days to Friday. So Friday, a a little known thing is, so Friday, I'm supposed to be going camping that afternoon. Like I'm leaving to go camping at three. Um, This has been a trip that had been planned for a long time. And Leah, you know, suggested that we get away for a little bit with her family. And so I have a limited amount of time that day. And what ends up happening is I have to meet with the old landlords Friday morning at the old place to walk through, give them their keys back and kind of do all of the normal things that you do with your landlord at the end of your lease. And then I need to quick go to the U-Haul in Beaver Dam, pick up a truck and then go to all of the local appliance stores to pick up the appliances and head back to the workshop. Now, ironically, we'd actually, I'd been pretty much on task for most of the day. Like I'd been on time, which is rare for me as anybody who knows me is. It is rare for me to be on time for most of the day. I'd been on time for most of the day by one o'clock I had already gotten picked up. We'd, everything had gone well with the landlord. They loved it. I, we'd, I'd been able to, other than the fact that I got stung by, in my head by a yellow jacket when I was at the old place, and so did her son, unfortunately, and so did she, unfortunately. Um, so that gave me a headache all day, but it's, the end, it's not the end of the world, I guess. But beside the point, so I got, it's one o'clock. I have the truck. I got lunch. I'm sitting at the appliance store, and I'm working through, you know, getting these appliances. I got to get a refrigerator, and I got to get a couch, and I got to get, um, toaster oven and a bunch of other things like Anna had been in charge of putting together a list for me of what everyone had kind of said that they would want for appliances to be able to make stuff and the list that she had put together was pretty good it covered most of everything um and I wanted to get the break room finished so that they could bring food and eat it rather than having to go out and buy it every day which was expensive and probably not very much fun although it was a good exposure for all of everyone to kind of get a sense of what food is in the area so I get a message from Mel she calls me on the phone and I'm on, I'm speaking with the salesperson at the time. So I kind of ignored it and I figured, you know, she'll send me a text because she always does. Um, and then Mel doesn't call me back right away. So I know it's probably not an emergency. And then she calls me back another, a few minutes later, when I'm at a different store picking up a different thing. And she goes, okay, I talked with Mel, uh, Meryl, about this already. She said, I should talk to you about it. I'm like, okay, this is good. She says, we got a message from somebody from Shopify. And that for me was immediately like, oh, that's not good. Because there's issues from Shopify that if, if something happens, Shopify has the capability of like taking us down in a very real way for a while. And so there is a certain level of when Shopify messages you about things, you answer them and you keep an eye on it right away because you don't want it to be a situation. So he goes, you, you need to see this message. I've sent it to you. I've tagged you in it. It's in your inbox you know you take a look at it and tell me what you think because i don't know how to respond to it but it looks like our account is frozen now i'm at an appliance store right now and i don't really have i don't have my computer on me i don't really have a lot of good ways to see i guess what what she's talking about i don't have a good way to fix it and that's a problem because if she's right she reads it to me and i'm like ooh, so i'm going to read it to you guys and see what you guys can uh, see what you guys think of this let's pull it up i marked it as spam in my system so um here it goes okay never mind maybe i can't get access to it i marked it as spam in our system specifically once we discovered it was spam um so that i could make sure to not have anyone like reach out to it because there's links in it oh here it is this is quote john from shopify and it looks pretty official, like it's got the logo and everything, and the way that it's kind of formatted follows the way that Shopify formats their stuff. And it says, we have received concerning reports about your Shopify store, about unfulfilled orders after payment. Reports stated that various attempts to contact you have yielded no positive results. This is to notify you that, your Shopify, that, that Shopify does not support any form of fraudulent e-commerce practices, and we hold the right to terminate your account upon discovering any practices that violate our terms and policies, as clearly stated during the sign-up process. To continue using the Shopify services, you need to to perform the following verifications. You need to submit proof of business ownership, proof of delivery of any of your products not older than two months, and identify an identity verification. And then there's a link. And then it says, your payouts have been placed on hold until all requested documentation have been submitted. This does not stop your customers from checking out Shopify team. So mel read that to me over the phone i couldn't see it i couldn't hear it mel read that to me and i'm like this is bad this is very bad so i'm like okay i gotta get back and remember i have to leave at three and at this point now it was probably 230 and i got like or it was more like it was more like 150 160s or not 160 two o'clock so i had to go drop drive the truck back to the workshop with the stuff i've got drop it off go back to the place to drop the truck off, pick up my car and go back home. And by that point, I was going to be getting home by 3.10. And I'm like, okay, well, this has got to be resolved before I go out. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go do that. So I end up getting back to my house after doing all of this. And I'm looking at this email and I'm freaking out. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, I got to go look this stuff up Whatever I got this stuff and everything like this. And then suddenly, I'm, just, I'm like, let's just take a look at this. And I, because I, there was something about it that, that struck me as, what struck me about it was this. I don't think it could have happened. I don't think it could have happened the way it, it was supposed to, I guess. Because I thought, I mean, I was like, there shouldn't be any situation where customers aren't able to get a hold of us. Because even during the move, we'd had Mel doing customer service every day, right? So it wasn't like that emails had gone unanswered for a long period of time. Because I originally thought maybe it's because someone tried to contact us during the move and they weren't able to get a hold of us. And I'm like, maybe, I mean, we haven't shipped out any orders, but that's not, I mean, people knew about this. We publicized the move and we've got, we're not outside of our lead time, according to our website, right? We're still on top of our lead time. So I'm like, okay, this is strange. And then as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe they sent an email to sales at which is a domain we have, but an email we haven't set up yet. And that's something we're going to be setting up shortly because that is something that people don't fully understand. But so I decided to investigate the email a little further. I didn't click on any links because this isn't my first time doing this. Anytime you see something that says virus free with www.avast.com, my first thought is, is, why would it say that? Because if it says virus free, that, that's, that's designed to make you feel better about this. And so I looked at the email. And the email was from John.langerfeld at greenville.edu. And I'm like, that's not Shopify. And my brain immediately goes, This is spam. This is someone phishing for our business identification information. But to be safe, because mistakes happen and things, you know, you you want to know that for sure. I called Shopify help desk and first things first, I gotta congratulate them. I went through their, they, you have to go through their help center, but you can ask them to call you back. And they call you back within, like they call me back within two minutes. Like you, you request a call and they call you and I call me in like two minutes. And I spoke with the person. I said, look, I've got this email. I think this is spam. Can you double check to make sure there's nothing, there's no holds on our account. There's nothing like this on our account. And he checked, he says, yeah, there's no holds on your account. There's nothing like this on your account. I said, well, what should I do? He said, forward this email to safety at Shopify.com. They'll look into it and then ignore it, and I said, perfect, and so that's what we did, and I marked it as spam, and I told the team, and everyone, I think, breathed a very heavy sigh of relief when I told them that was what was happening, and then I went on my camping trip, so all in all, it was, there was a lot of little things like that last week that derailed us, that put us in a mindset of, oh, no, this is not good, that it was just because we were in chaos already that that didn't help, but we're working through these things, and it's never boring, let's just put it that way. Anyway, I'm hoping things calm down. I'm hoping we can get things straightened out. I've got a lot more that's happening shortly, but we'll get there. We will. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in next Tuesday for our next topic, and don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified whenever we launch new podcast episodes. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, folio, or accessory, please feel free to contact us on the main page for our website at meridicreative.co or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible, but we do appreciate your patience. If you'd like to give us a phone call, it's 414-434-9001. You can call or text that number Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and that's 414-434-9001. If you can't get a hold of us, either because it's out of office hours or because we are on the phone with somebody else, feel free to leave us a voicemail. We will do our best to answer those as soon as we can. If uh, you have any, uh, if you think we deserve it, sorry, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community, both review on the podcast, on whatever app you're listening on, or on YouTube, if you want to leave us a nice comment below. But also, uh, if you want to leave us a review on the product, go check that out on murdycreative.co slash reviews. You can read all of our amazing five-star reviews. They're wonderful. We love them. They make, mean the world to us. But then you can also leave us a review by clicking leave us a good review. There's a button there. That'll take you to facebook.com slash merdicreative.co slash reviews. Uh, it says, do you recommend the Creative Co. company? You click yes and then you can leave your amazing review. Like I said, we love them. We read all of them. They make our day. There's another button there that says leave us a bad review or it says get in contact with us directly. If you want to leave us a bad review, please, please, please give us an opportunity to make it right. It is important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with the company and we will do anything we can up to and including refunding, recrafting. We will take care of you. So please, before you leave us a bad review, give us an opportunity to make it right. We will. (sighs) Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Always has been, always will be. If you, want to leave us, if you want to share the company with your friends and family, go check out the link at the bottom left-hand corner of our website. It's a rewards tab. You sign in, you log in, you get uh, 5% back on any purchase you make as in-store credit. But then also there's a shareable link there. When you share that with your friends and family, they get $5 off their first purchase and you get $5 back as in-store credit. So it's a great way to share the company and it helps you and helps us. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I am always happy to talk about just about anything. So give me a a request. Let me know what you want to know more about, and I'll be happy to help. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, uh, you can ask about our bulk discounts. It's actually not just on our binders. It's on everything, and it's based only on the total cart quantity. So you can mix and match all of our products to your heart's desire. Get as many as you want. Throw them in your cart. The bulk discount will automatically be applied, and that starts at a minimum order quantity of five. Whatever quantity you want to get, you throw that in your cart, it'll apply the best discount. However, if you're not exactly sure what quantity you want, and instead you have a specific price point that you're actually after, and you could buy in larger quantities, feel free to reach out to us, sales, S-A-L-E-S, at meridicreative.co. We'll be happy to talk through the discount program with you and figure out if we can work on finding that appropriate discount for your needs and for your quantity. Uh, We can help you out there. If you're looking for custom engraved items, We have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally $15. And that's just a simple, that's per item. So you can get one or you can get a whole bunch. If you're going to get a whole bunch, the discount actually applies to that $15 fee as well. So it can actually go down quite a bit. So check it out. If you want to get something like that and you want to get something custom made, send us an email, sales, S-A-L-E-S at merdicreative.co. Include the image, include the product you're looking for and any details you can provide, including lead time and deadline if you've got one. Um, That always helps us kind of make it process we'll create a free mock-up for you as well as a custom order link and you can place your order via our website that way thank you guys so much for tuning in have a great or have a great day and goodbye